comments as soon as they're posted. If you're listening on the podcast platform, give the show a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out, help other Jets fans find the show. Today we have our mailbag show. Most of the time we have it on Wednesday. I decided to change things up a little bit and have a Thursday mailbag show. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions. Let's jump right in. And our first question, outside of Aaron Rodgers, which player can the Jets not afford to get injured this season? Well, I think when you're figuring this out, and absolutely it's Aaron Rodgers, when you have a quarterback who you're expecting to be a top 10 type player, you really cannot afford to lose him. So the answer to this, I think, has to be a star level player for the Jets because the guys who are average, they're easily replaceable. So who are the stars on the Jets? Well, you could go with, go with Sauce Gardner, who, of course, is already a top three corner. I'd say, I mean, he's, he might be the best corner in the NFL after one season. But here's the thing with Sauce. It's not just when you determine the answer to the question, it's not only about how good are you. It's also about what other pieces does the team have around you. And losing Sauce Gardner would hurt a lot. But you do have DJ Reed. And you do have in the slot Michael Carter II. And while these guys may not be great players, you do have a couple of backups with starting experience and guys who are pretty young in Brandon Eccles and Bryce Hall. And you may not love throwing them out there, but I think the Jets would be okay at corner if they lost Sauce Gardner. Now, you'd lose a lot. Now, Sauce, Sauce takes you to an extra level. I think we saw that last year because most people would have said in 2021, corner was not the problem with the Jets. But Sauce improved that group tremendously. He, he, he took it from a spot that was okay to a spot where it was a driving force behind some early season wins for the Jets. So I don't want to d- diminish what Sauce Gardner brings to the table. It's just I think the Jets, not that they can afford to lose him, but I think there are other guys you could afford to lose less. So let's talk Quinn and Williams on the defensive line. This is actually one I think people may underrate a little bit. Because the Jets have a good defensive line, but they only have one great player on the defensive line. Great players are what win you games. Still, if you lose Quinn and Williams, you do have some pretty solid players on the defensive line rotation. And you do have that group of corners. And in that sense, you could say the same thing about losing Sauce. If you, and heaven forbid, you lose Sauce, you still have a defensive line that can generate pressure. And on defense, especially when you're playing the pass, a good defensive line helps the corners out and a good group of corners helps the defensive line out so when you're strong in both of these areas it does to a certain extent take away the hit if you lose somebody big so I think the uh, the answer has to be on the offensive side of the ball you look at the offensive line I mean it's the thing is I think the Jets are actually okay as far as depth goes I, I worry more about the starters than I do about the backups I think that they have some spots where they have big question marks relatively speaking though if you're talking about the backups it's okay on the offensive line I think my, my concerns are more about how the starting level players will perform so I was going to answer this Garrett Wilson from the standpoint that you don't really have great players behind Garrett Wilson at receiver you have guys who are okay there's one great player so if you lose Garrett Wilson you just have a bunch of guys who are okay I mean Corey Davis is fine Alan Lazard's a functional player Nicole Hardman belongs in the NFL Randall Cobb is you know near the end of his career. It, it's not great at receiver, but you know what? I think I'm actually going to go with Brees Hall because at least you do have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, even if anything happened. And I, I hate talk. In some ways, I don't like the question, 
even though it's a really good question because I don't like talking about the Jets losing all these players because I'm going down this list. You don't want to lose any of these guys. But we're talking about players the Jets cannot afford to lose. It might be Brees Hall because look at what happened last year when the Jets lost Brees. I know it's not that simple. It never comes down to one player. But the Jets were 5-2 and two when he got injured. And they finished 7-10. and 10. I think that does, to a certain extent, tell a lot of the story. And I know you could say Elijah Vera Tucker actually got hurt in the same game as Brees, but Brees was kind of the focal point of the offense when he went down. And the Jets were not passing the ball very well with Zach Wilson, but they it really was not impacting them because of how good Brees was, because of how dynamic he was on the ground. He was, make, he was making big runs. He was generating big plays. The Jets really did not need a big play passing game when Brees Hall was in there. And it's going to be tough because I don't know that he's going to be 100% at the start of the season. I think the hope is that he starts to build strength during the during the season. And then once we get to the end of the year, he's a guy you kind of lean on a little bit more. And he adds some dynamic uh, playmaking ability to this offense. But you also look behind him. I don't think the Jets really have a run-blocking unit that's all that strong on paper. I mean, I guess you could talk yourself into it, but there are lots of question marks on this offensive line. So you need a back who can generate his own yardage. And Michael Carter really did not do that last year. And I'll be honest, I'm down on Michael Carter. I've, I've kind of re-examined his rookie year where he wasn't making a lot of big plays. And in the context of what he did last year, I'm kind of down on him. Now, I do like Izzy Abanaconda. I think that he's got some big playability of his own. But, you know, fifth-round rookie, it's always a bit of a question mark. You don't know exactly what you're getting out of a day-three pick. So I think relative to other day three picks, I, I do think Izzy Abanaconda has quite a bit of upside, but I'm not ready to you know declare that I've we're set here. And Bam Knight flashed a little bit last year. He flashed a little bit in, in the preseason. He flashed a little bit his first three games, but was not able to overcome what the Jets had on that offensive line late in the season. Brees Hall is one of the few running backs in the NFL who I think legitimately on his own, makes a big difference. There are not a lot of backs who I think are capable of carrying an offense alone. And I think Brees Hall's the type of guy, because he did it last year. I mean, there were there were games where he just really did not have much else working, and Brees was able to make it happen. So it's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird answer, I know, because you're not going to have him at full strength. I really do think the Jets are going to bring him along slowly, and I think the Jets should bring him along slowly. But he's such an impact guy. He makes such a difference in there. So that's why I think you know, I'm surprising myself because when I first thought through this question, I thought I was going to go with Garrett Wilson just because of the big drop-off from Wilson to the other guys at the receiver position. Not to say that the Jets have bad receivers, not to say the Jets lack NFL-quality receivers after Garrett, but Garrett's really the only impact guy. That said, you could also look at the guy throwing in the ball, whereas in the run game, you don't really have a lot that I trust. I mean, you have things that could go well. You have guys who could step up. Would Abanaconda stepping up really surprise me? No. Would Knight stepping up really surprise me? No. But you can, like, you can at least talk yourself into more success in the passing game because you have Aaron Rodgers throwing the football. The run game, and the run game could take the Jets to the next level because as Aaron Rodgers gets to age 39-40, a great run game is the type of thing that can make his life easier. It can extend his career. It can prevent him from being exposed to hits. So I look at this, I think Brees Hall is a critical player for the Jets this year. And you know, you may not have him at full strength early in the season, but late in the year, you're really going to want him in the lineup. Now, here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we will continue our weekly mailbag show 
We'll answer more questions. We'll talk about the state of the offensive line. That's as we continue this Thursday edition of Locked On Jets. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. These New York teams in baseball, they're tough to figure this year. Yankees very up and down. Mets are having a disappointing season. It was supposed to be a very exciting summer in the city, and perhaps the New York teams can recover, perhaps they can rally. But no matter what, you should know that new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. So you can bet your heart, or you bet on the Yankees or Mets, or I don't know, maybe you want to bet against them because they're so inconsistent. Well, just know that no-sweat first bet is up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So just go to fanduel.com slash locked on and you can join today. Don't miss your chance to to, uh, snag that no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Again, it's fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listener, first watch every day. We continue with our mailbag show today. Our next question, John, I am not as worried about the offensive line as many Jets fans are. They cannot get injured as much as they were last year, right? And they seemingly have much higher quality depth. But I want your perspective. Should we expect the offensive line to be better simply because of the quarterback play? Aaron Rodgers can get the ball out much quicker than, than last year's quarterbacks, especially Zach Wilson. Won't the pressures and sacks go down and make the offensive line look much better? How much better should we expect the quarterback to make the offensive line? That, that's a great question. Um, there are a couple of different elements, I think, to, the, to this question when, when I look to answer it. The first is I do think there's something to the idea that Aaron Rodgers is going to make this offensive line better. Now, there's this theory out there that his hard counts make defensive ends a little bit more hesitant to jump the snap count so they get, they get off the ball slower, which makes them easier to block. We'll see. I, I don't know how much I buy into that. But, you know, it's funny. The studies that I've seen, you know, I, I really try and look at when it, when statistics are crunched, when people do st- statistical studies on these things. And one thing that I've seen over and over from these numbers is running has the run game has much more to do with the offensive line than people realize. Now, there are exceptions, and I think Brees Hall's an exception, as I discussed in the first segment. A great running back is going to produce his own yards. But for an average running back, it's actually much more about the offensive line than people realize. And pass protection is much more about the quarterback than people realize. And the guy who knows how to move in the pocket, the guy who can step up, he's going to make a big difference. I, you know, there's actually one example, and this is I don't know if this is statistically significant. There are much more, much smarter examples because they actually go into much more detail and they look at many more numbers, but you can look at the Denver Broncos between 2011 and 2012 when they switched from having Tim Tebow quarterback to Peyton Manning at quarterback. Tebow, you know, could run the ball, but he was really, he really had no idea what he was doing when he was dropping back to pass. Peyton Manning had a better idea when he was dropping back back to pass than any quarterback who's ever lived. Denver went from being like a bottom pass protecting team statistically to a top pass protecting team. It shows you the difference a quarterback can make i mean there's the pre-snap stuff where you if you know how to get if you can make your pre-snap reads and you can figure out what the defense is doing make sure you're in the right blocking assignments that's going to help again stepping up in the pocket you're just moving within the pocket those are things that will make a difference so i do agree from that standpoint i do have some concerns about this offensive line though um number one i just don't think rogers moves that well anymore and it's relatively speaking i mean i i've said this over and over 
it's not like he's Joe Flacco. He, he, he can move. There are going to be plays during the season. Don't send me some email when he you know, makes a throw on the run. Yes, I, I, he, he's capable of doing it. I don't know that he's capable of doing it as often as he, as he used to. I don't know that he moves as well as he used to. And I, so I worry about it from that standpoint. Is I do think you need a good offensive line because I just don't... I think when we're talking about 2023, Rodgers is probably going to be one of the less mobile quarterbacks in the NFL. Not Tom Brady, not Joe Flacco, not total statue, but nowhere near the guy he was a few years ago, as, at least on the move. So that's number one. Uh, number two... You know, this, the thing with this offensive line is you can talk yourself into any one of these guys. You know, Elijah Vera Tucker I have faith in, so I, I'm not worried about him. But you could talk yourself into Becton coming back and playing the full season. You can talk yourself into Lake and Tomlinson jump, uh, getting back to form after a bad first season with the Jets. You could talk yourself into Dwayne Brown having a one more season than him. But those, those are three things you really need. I'll, I'll even say center. I like Connor McGovern or maybe Joe Tipman wins the starting job. You know, Tipman's not going to walk into the starting job. He's going to have to earn it over McGovern. But it's, you know, when, I look, when I look at these three question marks, could any one of them work out? Yeah, if I, had to, if I needed one out of three, I would feel pretty good about my chances. Are all three going to work out? And I think that's one of the things at this point of the year is you're always, looking, you're always talking yourself into like the best case scenario where all the question marks are going to break your way. In reality, in the NFL, some do, some don't. So, if again, if we needed one out of three or even two out of three, I'd say, okay, this, this could work. I think it's a lot to ask all three to pan out. Now, I think the depth is not as bad as it was last year. I think Billy Turner for a backup tackle is decent. Again, my, my concern is more about the starters. And then Tipman's kind of a wild card. Maybe he can step into the lineup. So I think the depth is actually not terrible. I think uh, – Schweitzer, the, the guy they signed from Washington, is a decent backup. I think I do think they've, they've done a decent job with the depth this year. I also do agree it's very unlikely the Jets are going to suffer this many injuries. Uh, it's likely they'll, they'll be healthier. You know, It's t- difficult to get through, through the entire season without any injuries, but I think they will be healthier. So I think there's a glasses-half-full case for the offensive line, but I still have a lot of concerns. I mean, this is this, this to me is the problem area. This to me is the – maybe not the problem. It's the, it's the concern area because – all it takes is one bad hit to Aaron Rodgers and the whole season goes down the drain. So I do have concerns with this offensive line. I think that there are question marks there. I just don't, I don't think it's a, it's a top end offensive line. So I, I, I would have to say I'm concerned. Next question. Everybody has Joe Tipman starting over Connor McGovern, but don't you think it's just as likely that he will end up replacing Lakin Tomlinson who stunk it up last season? No, I, I think Tipman's starting at center, or he's on the bench. Uh, Tomlinson's still got a big contract. I mean, what the coaching staff thinks of McGovern is clear from the standpoint they had no interest in bringing him back until he ended up like having to settle for a $1 million or so one-year contract. At that point, it felt like the Jets were just like, all right, well, if, it's that, if that's all it's cost, we'll bring him back. The Jets really don't seem to have a lot of faith in Connor McGovern, and I think they drafted Tipman. I think if the Jets had it their way, Tipman would go out there and win this starting job. I think that their view on Tomlinson is that he'll bounce back. This is just my read on the situation. I do. I definitely think they're higher on Tomlinson, though, than McGovern. Is that justified? I don't know. But I would have to guess that uh, the, the focus here is on Tipman starting at center. And I'll say this. I think there's a possibility Tipman's long-term home is guard. I, I don't think the, the chances are zero of that. 
I don't even think the chances are zero that Tipman could end up at tackle because he's got all the physical tools you need to play at tackle. And part of me wonders, you know, if the Jets suffer an injury in training camp or two, maybe you throw him out there to see how he takes to it. But I'd say the odds of Tipman ending up at center are probably like 85 to 90%. So when I say the, the chances are zero, I'm not saying it's it's a 70% chance he ends up at t- guard or tackle. I'm saying maybe it's like 10 to 15% he, chance he ends up at some spot other than center. But I make no mistake about it. The Jets drafted Joe Tipman to play center. And if he ends up elsewhere, it'll be kind of an accidental occurrence. And it won't be the end of the world. I think, you know, if you get a good starting offensive lineman in the uh, second round of the draft, you'll, you'll take it no matter where he ends up. But I think clearly plan A is for Joe Tipman to be this team's center of the future. And if not, then you will just there. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you end up being surprised. Sometimes, uh, sometimes things happen that you're not planning, but I would say Tipman is is the uh, starting center if, if the Jets have their way. Now, here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we will close out this weekly mailbag show. Who's going to get more yards this year, Corey Davis or Alan Lazard? I'll give you some thoughts on that as we continue on this episode of the Lockdown Jets podcast. This is the Lockdown Jets podcast here on this Thursday, it's a special mailbag edition of the show today. Our next question, who gets more yards this season, Corey Davis or Alan Lazard? I think it depends on whether Davis stays healthy or not. Um, I think Davis is the better player if he's healthy, if he's on the field. Through his career, he's been more productive than Lazard. Uh, Lazard, I think, was brought in because the Jets, well, first of all, because I think Aaron Rodgers wanted him, but I think the Jets were also cognizant of wanting to make Aaron Rodgers as comfortable as possible, get receivers he was comfortable throwing the ball to. But if Davis can get back to the guy he was in Tennessee, where he was a very good intermediate threat, where he was a good contested catch guy, he's going to surprise people. But part of it's he's got to stay on the field. And I never blame a player for getting hurt. The way I always look at it is, I'm not going to blame you. It's not your fault that you got hurt. But if I'm judging your performance and you're not on the field, well, I do think that you have to say that this is not working out the way you want it to. Even if it's not, even if it's not your fault, objectively, it's not it's not really going the way you, you want it to. So I think if Davis stays healthy, though, he's he brings more to the table than Lazard. So I, I'd go with Davis, um, and hopefully this year he can finally stay on the field. Next question, can you keep four tight ends and four running backs on your final 53-man roster, or does somebody have to go? And who will it be if they have to get rid of one of them? Well, of course you can keep four tight ends and four running backs. I mean, there's no rule against it. In fact, you know, it wasn't that uncommon in the past when a fullback was kind of a, a part of every roster. Now now it's kind of like the guy who plays the fullback role is usually a tight end on your team. So I don't think that there's any issue with that. Um, I think if one of them goes, it's either going to be Bam Knight if it's a running back or it's going to be uh, Koontz if it's a tight end. Um, Bam Knight, you know, it, it probably the odd man out. Now, Michael Carter could be in some trouble, but I still think they'll keep him just because they drafted drafted him in the fourth round a couple of years ago. And no, I don't think draft position should necessarily be the de- determining factor, but I do think your draft position tells you something about how a team views you. And even after a bad season, I think Michael Carter still may be a guy the Jets look to this year. So I would imagine Carter stays... They just, they just drafted Izzy Abanaconda. And I think the other thing is, Bam Knight's a guy they probably think they can sneak onto the practice squad. So 
it's going to, so it, because they did it last year, but Bam Knight spent most of the, uh, spent the first half of last season on the practice squad. So that's my guess for running back. If it's a tight end, if they only keep three tight ends, it's going to be Coons. Um, I don't, and Kenny Yabo is not going to be here, but I mean, Conklin makes a lot of money. Uzama makes a lot of money. Jeremy Ruckert was just a third round pick last year. So he's not going to go anywhere. And well, I know that there's, there's this perception that Zach Coons is going to be a very difficult guy to get onto the practice squad. It's because he has this unbelievable athletic profile. I don't know that that's necessarily true because he was a seventh round pick. So, if, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's conceivable somebody claims him off waivers if the Jets get rid of him. But even despite, despite how athletic he is, he was not in that big of a demand in the NFL. Otherwise, he would have been drafted before the seventh round. I mean, who knows what would have happened if the Jets did not pick him? He very well may have ended up an undrafted free agent. I think anybody who's in the seventh round, if you're if they don't get drafted by the team that picks them, it's very possible they just fall out of the draft completely. So I think Kuntz is a guy the Jets should be able to sneak onto the practice squad. I think a lot of it will be determined by what he shows. Part of it will be determined by whether he can whether he can contribute well on special teams. But I think if they don't keep four tight ends, well, the three guys who are going to stay are obviously going to be Conklin, Uzama, and Ruckert. I, I would be surprised if they were not the three who stayed who stayed around. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast platform, give the show a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out, help, help other Jets fans find the podcast. Enjoy your Thursday, everybody. We'll be back next time to talk more Jets.